No, but I'll stand here just the same. Welcome, friends, to Fusebox number 68, Fake Shemp. And uh, we're not standing in for anybody on this edition of the... <laughs> well, that, well, there is that. Yes, it's uh, 100% us, and uh, with... Not a speck of cereal. I assure you. Thanks to you, friends, for pushing play on this edition of the program. I'm your shemped-up host, Mark Rose, and that over there in a loincloth is... Yeah, you know, but I just realized we can't unsee that now. Yeah. Yes, over there is the uh, demonic dictator of dials, Milt Keynes, everybody. Uh, watching it? What it? The epic return of Twin Peaks, bro. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? You come to think of it, that would be up your alley, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, buddy, this is some crazy stuff. And I'm, I'm only into the fifth episode so far, but, but I'm having a little too much fun watching this thing. Well, for uh, those out there in our ever-expanding universe, um, Twin Peaks is a... TV series created in, uh, what was it, 1991? Yeah, 91. Yeah, by filmmaker David Lynch and uh, co-writer Mark Frost that I guess I guess you could say is what would happen if you mixed a crime drama with a, a heavy dollop of surrealism? Yeah, you got a pretty strange ride. And, and uh, I, for one, well, now, perhaps, there are two for one of us. Love the thing. When it was uh, first aired back in the day. I mean, any series that opens with a body washing up on shore wrapped in plastic? That, that has my immediate attention. So, have you seen it yet? Well, well, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen uh, four of them. And uh, I got to say, when I, I first heard this thing was uh, coming back 25 years later, I thought, how the hell is he going to do this? I mean, several folks have passed on, right? And... Uh, Apart from uh, Kyle MacLachlan, who <laughs> who would probably stop at nothing to be in this thing, I just wasn't sure who'd be up for it. Turns out, pretty much everybody, including a few people who seriously aren't with us anymore. Eh? But you'll have to watch it to see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, 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 remarkable. Well, you know, there's a few characters that haven't uh, shown up yet, but there's uh, 13 more episodes to go, so... Yeah. Oh, man, I'm just digging the hell out of this thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, well you be... know... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, that's fine. Go ahead. I think we need a traffic light. <laughs> no, no, what I was going to say is uh, they had really better be planning on a second season because uh, once you get this thing back on the air, it's, all, it's like crack or something. You, you, you just can't stop watching the yeah. thing. I mean, there really isn't anything like it. No, yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely for sure. And, and uh, what I was starting to say is that uh, a very strange... Th- Should I interrupt here again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that would be good. But wait, wait till I get to the interesting part, okay? Will do. Okay. No, what I was uh, wanting to relate was uh, a very uh, odd synchronicity that's uh, perfectly Lynchian in its way. Uh, quick story, I promise. In uh, 1977, or I think maybe even 78, I I wrote a little instrumental piece that has vanished that was uh, inspired by an actor's performance in a PBS adaptation of uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne's 
Scarlet Letter. And uh, the actor was Meg Foster, who's done many, 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 many things. I think she's done some Star Trek and Deep Space Nine and who knows what. And, and it was just a great performance. And uh, it inspired this little piece I called Blue Rose. Okay. Uh, so fast forward, 39 years, and here we are watching Twin Peaks, The Return. And an episode title comes up, I think it may have been the third one, called Blue Rose. I think, well, that's cool. I mean, it's not particularly uh, original title. It wasn't really when I used it either, but it's cool. So, you know, I'm watching this episode and comes to a part where the main character, uh, played by Kyle McLaughlin, is, uh, is in a casino and he needs to get change to play the slots, right? So he goes up to the window there and uh, hands the, the woman cashier this wad of money. And the woman playing the cashier is Meg, Meg Foster. Foster. That's right. That is a little creepy, man. I mean, what the hell are the chances of that? I'm thinking, you know, I could more easily turn into a giant cuttlefish. Nice. I really like the color changes, man. Pitching. Yeah, so anyway, I, I, I think Lynch just opens doorways to alternate dimensions with his stuff, you know? Well, you know, I, I'm just waiting for Sherilyn Fenn to pop in. Oh, yeah. She was always my fave on the on the original one there, man. Oh, God, that trick she'd do where she'd tie a cherry stem in a knot with her tongue. <laughs> gifted. Oh, buddy, <laughs> I'm passed out over here. Uh, very gifted. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, twin thumbs to Twin Peaks, say the uh, Fusebox Consortium. Although I suppose we uh, we should have the rest of the gang weigh in on this as well to be a true consort. Wait, do the Japanese pocket squirrels even watch TV? Oh, hell, Milo? Oh, he's got all of David Lynch's films, as well as Jennifer Lynch's, too. I mean, I think he was really fond of Boxing Helena. Remember that one? Yeah, you're going to have to keep a third eye on that boy. Good luck with that idea. And uh, speaking of third eyes watching... We have another edition of the Video Vixen coming up shortly with a review of a children's classic. Wait, what? All serious stuff, I assure you. Like what? Ilsa's She-Wolf of the Sandbox? Nope. Something that might surprise you. So stick around for that, buckaroos. The number you've reached has been disconnected or is no longer in And we're back, and we're just not going to take it anymore. So, on the last show, we added a new feature called the Fusebox Shoutout, where we acknowledge folks uh, near and far, as well as associates here on the show. But uh, Milt, over there, has uh, an audience update for us, no? Yeah, Q13. <laughs> Nothing like pulling the curtain back, you know what I mean? <laughs> Keeping it real, man. Keeping it real. So, so yeah, we uh, we have a new blip on the audience radar, and you know what? I 
perfect timing that we give a shout out to our uh, growing listeners in Moscow, Russia, who, uh, according to the IT guy Max over here, have doubled since the early days of the show. So, uh, here's to you, Moscow. Dashvidanya. Very cool indeed. Thanks to you, friends, for pushing play over there. As I know, it's some very strange times we live in right now, but we promise to continue to bring you the highest quality ear food we can create before the goons make all of this impossible and wall off everybody. Don't you have some Russian heritage or some stuff? Uh, actually, yeah. Yeah, my mom was Russian, and uh, dad was from a, well, or at least his parents were from a little place in the Carpathians. Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, actually, Transylvania. But yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, he was he was born in Minneapolis. Have you been reading my file? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Well, be that as it mayn't. Speaking of uh, falsified documents, have you ever wondered where that term fake shemp comes from? Our uh, show title comes from this whole phenomenon. Yes, uh, I, and I, I know and I remember that uh, director Sam Raimi was very fond of uh, crediting folks as fake shamps in many of his films. But the real origination of this curious term is uh, actually very well documented. Uh, and it's, a, it's kind of a neat story. It seems that in uh, 1955, Shemp Howard, he of the Three Stooges fame, had a sudden heart attack and sadly died. This, of course, put a squid in the butter churn for the studios, as well as uh, the remaining two stooges, who had uh, five shorts to finish as well, and uh, no shemp. So it was decided to use a double and uh, get clever with how you showed the, quote, fake shemp, end quote. You know, obscuring him with a prop or showing him only from the back or severely out of frame or in the background. Well, you get the idea. Well, they finished the five shorts, sans Shemp the Real, and uh, everyone seemed okay with that at the time. Again, flash forward a few decades. And actor Crispin Glover, Crispin Glover, you may recall, was a uh, major actor in the original Back to the Future film played uh, George McFly. He was scheduled to perform in the second installment of that beloved by millions franchise. But uh, compensation talks evidently stalled, and he walked. However, deep down in the caves of Nevermore, director Robert Zemeckis utilized footage not used in the original film and placed it in the second feature and also adding a double who wore a fake chin and some other appliances to look more like uh, Glover's George McFly character. So, Mr. Glover, he files a lawsuit which proposes to make illegal the use of a doubled character without prior consent. As, uh, and I'm quoting here, as uh, it determined that the method violates the original actor's personality rights. The method continues to be used in cases such as Shemp's, where the uh, original actor is deceased 
and permission from the deceased actor's estate is granted. So there, there you are. See, that's the whole story in a nutshell. And once again, we're doing our bit. To educate as well as entertain, right? Can we get a grant? We should work on that. But before we work on that, let's get all whipped up into a frenzy, shall we? (laughs) The Video Vixen is here once again with a look at a film that uh, I bet you didn't even think was classified as Vixen Fair. Speak, vermin, or do you want my dwarf to find your tongues with his whip? The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, 1979, directed by Bill Melendez. Stars, Sheila Hancock, Simon Adams, Stephen Thorne, Nicholas Barnes, and Rachel Warren. If you don't know this story, get your illiterate ass to the library right now and crack open a copy of the book. It's fucking brilliant. This animated film has been devastating children for decades. The death of Bambi's mama has nothing on the violent murder that happens here. Jadis the White Witch is truly one of the scariest characters ever to appear in a movie aimed at kids. I do have to admit I admire the whip-handling skills of her dwarf minion. I'm the Video Vixen, and I'll be watching. See there? Creepy little children's flick. There are many out there, friends, just waiting for innocent eyes to peer into their inky blackness. And as a public service, the Video Vixen and Fusebox will seek them out. Mm Mm-hmm. Shining the stark light of truth down those filthy little tunnels and tell you precisely how cool they are and maybe even where to get them. Yeah, you know what? I got a a cool version of uh, Jack and Jill and Ted and Francis. Francis? Yeah, he's a mule. Yeah, no, no, not not where I wanted to go at all. But uh, there we are. Uh, uh, Fine. Please dial nine to get out. Uh, Oh, 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 by the way, speaking of dial nine, did you uh, happen to check voicemails this past week or so? Technology, bro. Right. I forgot. You don't believe in it. <laughs> it's got its place, man, but... Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You, you, don't, you don't have a smartphone, do you? Correctamundo, amigo. Y- you know, in a weird way, I still actually admire that. Really. So, so anyway, the voicemails. Oh, man, why do I get the feeling I'm not going to like this? Probably because I don't like this. But no... I thought maybe you could listen to them and uh, maybe even enlighten me. Like I said, man, technology. So, uh, what's the dealio? Who called? Well, uh, several people, actually, uh, including your ex, who left a rather... Uh... Janine call? Are you serious? Oh, 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 yeah, but not just her, man. And they're all, um... Well, wait a minute. Let me, uh... 
Yeah, you know, I could... Oh, man, I'm already feeling bad juju, man. Are you, are you, uh, set up in there? It'll be on six. Let me just, let me just, I'll just, let me patch it in. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. Here, see what you think. Uh, well, hey, uh, hello, Mark. Uh, This is, uh, Dick Biggin of, uh, Dick's Hardware here. Say, uh... The boys left their credit card down here, so I thought you uh, you might want to let them know. Well, uh, oh, and, and and remember, want it, but don't have it, you need dick. <laughs> oh, yeah, and tell Milt uh, his nylon rope order came in. Sure is a lot of rope. Okay, then. So long, Mark. Dick. Biggin? D- Dick's last name is Biggin? Oh, I know. You just can't make this stuff up. Great guy, though. Uh, nylon rope? I take it you're having another party of some kind? <laughs> but anyway, uh, h- here's where the voicemails get uh, interesting. Listen. Hey, it's Juicy Kibble. You asshats better save room for me. And if you're listening... Canes, the next time I see you, I'm going to kick your ass up between your shoulder blades. Oh, and as for my parents, they're on their own. Got it? So you butt clowns just better make sure I get in. I said I wanted a juice box, Mom! Kid's going to be the death of me yet. Yep. One way or the other. But there's more. Arson Bitsnatcher called, too. Greetings and (coughs) salutations. Arson Bitsnatcher here. It's my understanding that you lads are building a bunker in Bollocks. I hear you're building a bunker readying for the revolution, and it is my express desire to be included. For my part, I shall share with you an exquisite array of spirits I have accumulated over several years as payment for your gentleman. If you don't mind coming this way, sir. Bloody fucking hell. Hey! I know me, you wanker. Oi! Get off. Yes, sir, we understand. You know who I am. Yeah, it's just coming. Ow! Oi, that's me bleeding arm. Let's play, sir. Go with me. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. That's right. Obviously, the intervention didn't work. Yeah, it got pretty messy. He showed up without pants. Well, something's definitely hinky here, man. These voicemails... Oh, wait, wait. There's more. Tid called, too. Min, Tid Trentwell here. I know I don't have to tell you how imperative it is that I occupy a spot in your revolution bunker. Oh, I know what you're thinking. But Tid, those spots are reserved for family and there's no room for your total awesomeness. And to that, my two average-looking friends, I would say you and this great country of ours needs old Tid in that bunker to sow his seeds and help repopulate our country with sexy, good-looking people. Of course, I'll need to bring plenty of thigh oil plus three assistants of my choosing. 
just in case the females you choose for the revolution are fatties or uggos. <laughs> oh, oh, and that reminds me. Oh, hang on a second. What's that doll? Sure thing, baby. You know you'll always have a spot with old Tid. <laughs> now, be a good girl and go warm up the oil for my thighs, and I'll be there in two shakes. Poor kid. She'll never make the cut. Cute, but just not a total hottie. And Tid likes the hotties. Gentlemen, Treadwell out. You know, I just can't help but like the guy. Yeah, but no. So what the hell is this bunker and revolution crap they're all talking about? Look, the only thing I can think of is that it has to do with Trump's election. And, and the absolute tire fire abortion he and the Republican Party have created since he took office. That's the only thing I can think of. Oh, dude, that, that's gotta be it. I know, right? I mean, what else? Yeah, because remember how cheesed off Timo got when you told him he was too late to vote? Exactly. And Milo and Eco have been acting really weird lately. I've said it before and I'll say it again. How can you tell? Okay, so weirder than normal. Well, with those two, the weird bar set pretty high, so... Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Lest I forget. Remember I told you your ex-wife called? Man, I know I don't want to hear this. I'm, I, I'm not sure how she found you, but... Uh, Hi, Rudy. It's me, your little honey bun hugger. How are you, baby? Are you good? Are you... You know, are you seeing anyone? <laughs> well, that's silly. Of course, you're seeing someone. I mean, you're so, you know, you're just so handsome and sexy. I was crazy to leave you, you know, but I do think about you all the time. I guess you heard I left Carl, right? I don't know. It was a big mistake, seriously. I don't know why I left you for him. I really don't. I mean, you know, a big dick isn't everything, right? I know that now. And, uh, speaking of big dicks, I dated this guy, some actor named Tid something. Anyway, he was just so weird. I always caught him sniffing my gym socks, and, uh, <laughs> and I know he cheated on me. That fucker. And he always insisted that I oil his thighs. I mean, what kind of creepy asshole likes to have his thighs oiled? Oh, and yeah, he definitely cheated on me, for sure. I guess I wasn't enough for him like I wasn't enough for you. You probably think I forgot about that other stripper you like from the club. Pandora? Yeah, opening that box was sure a bad idea, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Oh, sure, all those three ways we had were fun. Remember when we made her our sex slave for a week? And the fucking bitch called the cops and I got fired from the booby hatch. Oh, I know. I know you were into her, asshole. I know you had a thing for her, didn't you, you piece of shit, you lousy fucking piece of shit. You're probably with her right now, aren't you? Aren't you? Listen. Bunker. I know about the bunker, too. You didn't think I'd find out, did you? Asshole fucking asshole. You better save me a spot in there, Rudy, you motherfucker. You goddamn motherfucker. And if you don't, I swear to fuck, I will find you and I will kill you. You hear me? I will fucking kill your fucking ass. I will chop up your dead bloody corpse into motherfucking little pieces and I will burn them. And I will bury your fucking ashes in a fucking motherfucking landfill, you fucking loser. You and Pandora both, fuckers. You lousy, lame motherfucking piece of shit. Loser. <laughs> Call me.
And on that note, I think we're going to call it a show and hop on our weasels and scurry away into the night. But uh, not before saying a totally genuine and so lifelike you'll think it's real thanks to Nika Lane, Erin Lane, Sabra May, Trista Perez, Jeff Pollard, and Bob Sterry for not holding out for a higher rate. Technical assistance and plug-in prowess by the unflappable Milt Keynes. And as always, a bouquet of barking dog-headed thanks to you, gentle listeners, wherever you may be, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox and Please, if you would, mash that subscribe button wherever you might find this here program so that uh, we can uh, swiftly and automatically be delivered to your ears, wherever they may be. We'd so appreciate that. And remember, too, uh, that uh, show-related goodies can always be found at thefuseboxshow.com and pushing the shopping tab there will whisk you away to a wondrous assortment of oddities and hell, even useful trinkets of all shapes and sizes and descriptions to amuse and entertain you. I have been your bunker-bounding buddy, Mark Rose, saying until our next cartoon. Well, she sounds like a great girl. Fuse box.